Fritolinos, the first cereal made for Italians. It comes in three delicious flavors, cannoli, biscotti, and lasagna. And every box comes with a surprise, a gold chain and an anger issue. This cereal is so good you'll be wearing a velvet jumpsuit in no time. So go to guidolinos.com for subscriptions and boxing options. That's guidolinos.com. It's Guidolinos. Hey, I'm eating here. Brought to you by VetChew, the newest product from the Veterans with Benefits R&D department to treat men with ED. Let's face it, fellas, ED happens to the best of us. You can talk to a licensed physician over the phone or online. There's no more awkward in-person doctor visits telling a complete stranger your dick isn't working. This ships direct to your house in a complete, non-discreet box. If your neighbors see this, they're going to know what's inside. There's a penis on a skateboard grinding down a volcano. But your ED problems are going to be a thing of the past. So go to VetChew.com. VWB listeners using the code VWB will receive a free tote bag with every purchase. So go to VetChew.com. Do you hate breaking in new underwear? It's the worst. They're all stiff and uncomfortable. Well, with Somebody's Undies, those days are over. Somebody's Undies will send you three pairs of somebody else's underwear per month, fresh and ready to wear. So go to somebodysundies.com and order today. Use promo code VWB for 10% off your first order. Does anyone else think that um, YouTube's five seconds is longer than five seconds? Because I feel like it's about nine seconds. Quit fucking with us, YouTube. My guest this week's a literal giant, so enjoy. What's up? What's going on? Not man. Welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. How's it going? Uh, things are going great. Yeah. Where are you at now? Uh, live in Orlando. Orlando? Uh, yeah, I retired um, February of 2021, and when I retired, I told my wife, where do you want to live? And she said, not anywhere where there's fucking snow, because she hates shoveling. I guess that was my fault, bud. And we're back. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, nah, you're good. You're good. I was, only, I was talking for like 10 seconds before I realized you were gone. <laughs> that works. You told me not to let the thing go idle, and I let the thing go idle, so... Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so many weird things, like, especially when we're using phones. Like, it's right. different if, if we are both using laptops. Correct. Yeah. But, you know, it's okay. So, um, let's start off and uh, give everybody a little bit of your background, like where you grew up and shit. Uh, born and raised in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, did 18 years there. Decided to join the military. Uh, when I fresh out of high school, so I graduated and joined the Air Force. Um, so basically after high school, I went straight in military and that's really all I knew. What year um, did you come in? 2000 is when I went to basic training. Okay. Um, so yeah, November of 2000 was my uh, basic training dates. Are you class of 2000? I am class of 2000. Yes, sir. 
Same here, brother. Oh, cool. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, did five years in command post, uh, command and control, and then you know, it was about four, four and a half. I uh, decided to cross train into SEER, and I did SEER the rest of my uh, career, so roughly about 15 years. Dude, I got to be honest. Uh, I hate saying this sentence, but I live in North Dakota. <laughs> I, I know. You're out of the military, too, which makes it even weirder that you're in North Dakota. I know. <laughs> but you like it there, apparently. My wife is from here, bro. Oh, I she's got, from Minot. Yeah, it's, it's, I got the Minot curse. Okay. It's, it's, a, it's a real thing. No, I get you. I get really you. Is. I mean, I go back all the time, but I miss it because family's there. Obviously, I don't go back to Minot, um, but I still miss North Dakota. I don't yeah. miss the cold. I, I've gotten used to it. Like it, it really doesn't bug me that much. It's just the snow, right? And, you know, the really the big thing about this place is there's no culture up here. Correct. You got you, know, well, you got the mining culture up there now. So drilling for oil and everything else like that's probably run yeah. through that area pretty hard. Yeah, but to me, I didn't grow up that kind of shit. Like. <clears throat> No, I get you. We're not. We're not here to talk about my uh, crappy life, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> okay, Are you there? Okay. Yeah, I'm here now. Dude, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's on my end or not. I don't know. Probably Some, could be more. More than likely, it's my end. Sometimes this uh, program is a little finicky. So, uh, okay. So where we leave off. You asked uh, about you me going out. to the military. Yeah, what was what was your it, like main reason? What, was it the was that the main reason? I have no idea. Twenty years ago is a long time. Um, I think part of it was to leave North Dakota because it's small. There's nothing there. I wanted to go see the world, but at the same point, I didn't really want to be stuck in the same path that I was doing. You know, growing up in high school, doing uh, North Dakota things, i.e. hanging out with your friends and doing illegal shit. Um, so try to make better life for myself, I guess. So why not try the military? And I think that's any of, kind you, of the re- any of your like uh, folks or brothers and sisters were in the military. Mm-mm. Um, I'm the only one in my immediate family that joined the military. Obviously, okay. my grandparents or my grandpas were in uh the war um obviously being drafted my uncle was in vietnam but again being drafted so not um willingly i'm the only willing person in my immediate family to have joined the military you might know a name he's in afe right now he's my cousin uh justin gillespie i don't don't know know if you've heard that name or not he's in i want to say he was in uh, um davis mothin for like 10 years but uh jake stewart you remember jake stewart no from korea he's uh he was good friends with him and it was like korea is such a blur <laughs> korea is definitely such a blur for sure so it, uh, it was literally the best time i ever had in my life korea is by far, hands down, probably the best time I've ever had in the military for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't go wrong with that place. 
would have I gotten stationed there again? hundred percent. Yeah. But definitely not Osan. You got to go to Kunsan. Yeah. Yeah. Even though Kunsan was fucking trash, but it was still but, a pretty cool place to be. I like a whole, like we had like a real good group of guys. Oh, 100%. So Kunsan really wasn't bad. And what kind of makes me upset uh, because, you know, like when you meet people, and sometimes you meet them on like your way out, and you're like, "Fuck, I wish we had more time." Like when yep. you and Buck, got, when you and Buck got there, I'm like, "Damn," because I know Buck. Yeah, I was stationed with him at Langley. I'm like, "Fuck," I was like, "Why couldn't you guys gotten here like you know when I got here?" Right. Because yeah, you guys were you know such a small career field. You know, it's only the two of you, but you know, hanging out with us, it kind of yeah, makes sense. Hanging out with AFE is, is normal for Seer, but. Being in Korea, you meet so many people from other career fields as well. Like, I never thought I would ever hang out with any maintenance fucks. Um, but a lot of my friends in Korea were maintenance and turned out to be really cool guys. So you, you get the stigma about people and they're like, oh, that that career field's fucking trash. Um, but then you actually end up hanging out with them. You're like, yeah, they're just disgruntled just like everybody else in the military. Yeah. So, I mean, what we were saying before we got cut off the last time, like, I, dude, I, if I could go back in time, I would have done the exact same thing. Like, I would have joined right out of high school. Okay. You know, I, I waited till I was 23. So, like, I had some life experience in, in behind me, but that kind of doesn't help you because you got to, when you, when you go in as an older guy, you get a chip on your shoulder the whole time. Right. And people look at you like, why is this old man? Yeah, yeah, and you're only 20. I was only 23, and I'm like, everyone's looking at me like I'm old. I'm like, fuck. Mm-hmm. No, I get that. I'm 41. I wish I was fucking 23 right now. Oh, God. I wish I didn't hurt every time I stood up or I laid down. Or No, I, I understand that 100%. Dude, I hurt my neck the other day tying my shoes. <laughs> How the yeah. fuck does that happen? <laughs> yep, that'll happen. Like, I don't even want to bend over and put my shoes on. Fuck that. Yeah. Take a page out of my son's notebook and just get slip on shoes for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. Well, you're in Orlando. You don't have to wear fucking boots ever again, bro. Right. Flip flops and board shorts. Yeah. Fuck. It's nice. Um, You don't have to fucking hook up with one of my buddies. Uh, One of my really good friends from AFE, uh, Ralph Williams. I think he's near Orlando or something. Um, You'd get along with him, dude. He's a real fucking cool dude. Yeah, man. Yeah, Orlando's. I've never been to Florida, but I just I like I feel like I have been there because I know so many people that live there. Yeah, I'm like I just want to see the ocean again, dude. Yeah, we. So when I first retired, we lived in uh, Fort Walton Beach up in the Panhandle by uh, Herbert Field, uh, special ops base up there, um, and we thought for that's where we were going to retire. We were planning on buying a house and everything else like that. So I was five minutes away from the beach. I could go to the beach whenever I wanted to go fishing. I was going to become a a boat captain and drive, you know, private fishing charters and stuff like that. And then my wife was like, Oh no, we're going to fucking Orlando because I got a job with Disney again. And I was like, Oh, well, hello city life. Yeah. Fucking captain Ron style, dude. Right. This is going to be fucking Forrest Gump. Shrimp boat captain. (laughs) Yeah. Except you'll be fucking scaring everybody when you get off the fucking boat, you giant bastard. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It happens. I'll be your shrimp captain today. Get the fuck on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, I... uh, so what was it like? Um, you said you cross trained in this year. Yes, sir. 
So what is it tougher for to cross train into it or like you know then going in you know right out of boot camp go oh so the process you're talking like the process or the actual like career field itself just like the career field itself career field itself um it's more difficult to be a cross trainee coming yeah. in um not necessarily for like the tasks that you do i mean because whether you're new out of basic training or you're cross running into it, uh, they're going to kick you in the dick no matter what. Um, but if you're a cross trainee, you're a dirty cross trainee. But if you're a pure blood and you came in out of basic training, those guys get a little bit more respect. And then those guys, the pure bloods, pure bloods look down on the dirty cross trainees your entire career. Uh. Really? Um, not in a negative sense, but it's always held over your head. A little you just bit. always have that stigma. Like, you, you know, always like they have just, that stigma. Yeah, they know you weren't, like like you right? said, pure blood. That's funny. Yep. And you could go, you could go, you know, 10 years and nobody know it. And all of a sudden you come across somebody that's old school that saw you when you first joined the career field. And they're like, oh, what's up, dirty cross trainee? And everybody looks at you. You're like, oh, fuck. Now everybody knows. <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's not meant for like a demeaning type of thing, but it's always, it's always over your head, no matter what. And like you said, the career field's so small that you're always going to have somebody that knows, you know, whether you were or you weren't uh, a pure blood uh, per se. And it'll always come over to haunt you eventually. <laughs> Damn. Son, you and Buck were fucking both uh, dirty bloods. That's right. Damn, that's right. That must, have been, that must have been a glitch in the matrix, dude. Having two of you guys at the same fucking place, <laughs> right? Um, once you make it through, it's not necessarily like that big a deal anymore. Um, it's now okay. Hey, cool. Like you say, you're gonna do something, and your actions, your actions prove that. All right, cool. We're gonna give you the good shit, and we're gonna let you do the, the, the good things. So, Buck being over there, me being over there at the same time, probably a glitch in the matrix. Probably shouldn't have happened. Uh, and then throwing Weber in there um, in the mix after Buchanan um, definitely made it even worse. But it was still a fun time to be there. I think every single one of those dudes, Buchanan and Weber, you know, held their own for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> what was the uh, what was the thing about uh, going in this year, like the training wise for you? Oh, was it fit, well, fitting in the sleeping bag? <laughs> I still don't fit into the sleeping bag. Um, uh, that's that's. I wouldn't say that that's a uh, you know a seer problem. I would say that that's like an everyday problem. Hey, can I get uh, pants that fit me? No, you got to go buy unhemmed pants and then go get them hemmed by a seamstress. Like yeah. even even buying uniforms and shit like that, I have to do that. Go to the the sewing shop on base and get them fucking hemmed up because they're just not long enough. Toughest part for Sear, I would say, was the fire hose of information, like, at the beginning, and it's just, it's all thrown on you, and you're expected to remember every last drop of it um, through the, you know, the six, eight months that you're in training, and then the next year and a half of your life when you're going through, um, um, qualification phase basically um you got to go through a certain phase once you get, graduate and 
all that stuff's held over your head. If you forget the littlest thing, you're like, oh, shit. Um, again, looked down on. Not necessarily in a bad way again, but still looked down on. And then the other big thing for me was, you know, sleep deprivation. The first couple of weeks they put you through, it's called Impro Week. And we give you enough tasks to complete over the course of three months. And we expect you to do it in, they expect you to do it in uh, a week. So you go to class at seven o'clock in the morning, you get done with class at four 30 in the afternoon, and then you go do all your impro assignments and it's sewing, it's, it's uh, making things, it's making ropes, it's creating different various packs and stuff like that, that you're going to be using out in the woods, making a, um, an axe cover, uh, a belt, um, a canteen cover and shit like that. Just random stuff. Right. Yeah. But they give you like 15 assignments that you have to do for the next day and you only can get like one or two of them done. So you don't get any sleep. So throughout the course of the week and then the su- subsequent time in the woods, um, you probably get maybe five hours of sleep the entire week. That Jesus. was a kick in the face. Um, it was fun to go through. It was fun to see. It's fun to look back on. Like I had one of the guys in my class, we were going through sleep deprivation week. They call it impro week, but it's sleep deprivation week for sure. Um, and just getting delirious because there's, there's no sleep to be had, you know, with any of the fucking guys on team. And if you fall asleep while you're sitting in your chair, they make you stand up. All right, cool. Pay attention to the class, pay attention to whatever, whatever's going on. Well, this dude fell asleep. They made him stand up. He fell asleep standing up, so they put him in the push-up position. He somehow, some way, shape, or form locked out his arms, locked out everything, and he just fell asleep in the push-up position. And he was there for like 10 minutes. Didn't fall over, didn't nothing. And just the instructors were like, what the fuck is going on? Why is this guy sleeping? Like, it's good times. uh, But he obviously needed to sleep because I've never seen anybody fall asleep in the push-up position. (laughs) I'll tell you what. I mean – Kind of shit. Training like when you're like tired, tired. It's like the fucking best sleep of your life, dude. Right? It, it's like that newborn right? baby sleep. <laughs> uh, right. You wake up and you're like, "What the fuck happened, dude? I missed how much? Two days? Oh, five minutes? Got it. Five minutes." Yeah. <laughs> Just clearly understand that. Yes. Like, like any tech school, like, you know. What were like the seer dirt bags like? Like, you know, how many people got washed out while you were in? Oh man. I think we started with um like forty or fifty, and we graduated with like twenty, less than twenty. Yeah. Fuck. So it was a it was a pretty decent washout rate. Uh the dirt bags, uh they try to get away with not doing their assignments or uh, we had two guys that got kicked out uh, on impro week since we were talking about it Um, instead of doing their own assignments they either paid the guys that filled out a last class for their gear said hey you already completed this axe cover i'll just give you a 50 bucks for yours um, or your you know 50 foot of rope that we have to make by twisting pieces of 550 cord together uh, instead of making their own, they bought theirs uh, and it came back on the instructors. Uh, instructors find out and they basically were like, what the fuck? Or they ended up 
like making their wives do it while everybody else was in the dorms. These two were at their house with their wives and their wives were doing all their sewing assignments and they were sleeping. We we're like, what the fuck is going on? But it eventually caught up to them and they are no longer, um, they got kicked out like rather quickly. Um, other dirt bags. Let's see when it comes time to do things that are, you know, group assignments. Hey, we need everybody on, on deck to build three teepees. We don't really know what, what the parameters of the TP are, but we need to get TP poles and we need to get fucking rope and everything else like that. And they're the guys that are like sitting over in the corner, you know, you got 15, 20 people moving around. It's easy to just blend in. But once you're sitting over in the corner and you're not really doing anything and four, four or five different guys look at you and say, what the fuck are you doing? Why aren't you, why aren't you helping? Why aren't you grabbing? You could have grabbed one fucking pole. You know what I mean? Um, but not doing anything. And all of a sudden it's just like, Oh cool. I'm just putting a target on my back and eventually you're going to get timed out. Normally you're going to get timed out by your, your fellow classmates and your fellow classmates are either going to take care of it themselves. We're going to have a little, a circle of death type of deal uh, where you draw a big circle in the dirt and you just fight it out, uh, not let the instructors know about it or you, eventually just fucking give them all like the assignments that aren't going to happen and make sure that they completely fail them. So the instructors find out about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Someone like you, as big as you are, like there's no way you're hiding in the pack. So um, I'm, I'm thinking like soon, as soon as like the instructors come in, they're like eyeballing you right away. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> I always had a target one, like I was, I was cross trainee. So I had that target on my back. Like, but there were times where I was off collecting wood to build a fire, uh, to start the day. And we walk, or, you know, the instructors are coming in cause they're loud, but I'm nowhere near the fire circle or anything else like that. And all of a sudden you hear two or three of the instructors, where the fuck's Mots? Where's the fucking giant? And I'm like, God damn it. Already, dude? It's like six <laughs> o'clock in the fucking morning, man. I can't even fucking get away from him for a second. Yeah. I'm a giant. I stand out. Sorry. There's a bird's nest up in that tree. We need those eggs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> Stupid crazy. It's just something. And yep. you just give me a yes or no answer to this. Now, you were in the... Okay, fuck. I forget what we were talking about. Well, I think I was talking to myself for like 15 seconds. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were saying something about how um, it's hard to convey to your civilian friends like what what everything was like before 9-11 and everything else like that. Well, no, I was saying, or, I, was I was telling my kids about that. You know, because all this shit they see how the fucking country's going down this shithole. And I'm just like, I wish I could time travel back in times when I was in high school. It was so much better. Oh, right? Like 100%. I think the downfall of, I think the downfall of society, in my opinion, hasn't made it greater, yes, but it has it also caused the decline, is social media. I, dude, I would say because, social media and the internet, really. I don't do. Yeah, I, I could do without the internet. I could live without it. I could do I without have. the internet too. One hundred percent. Like, 
did the same amount of murders and kidnappings and rapes and fucking all that shit happen? Yeah, probably. Uh, but now it's just in our face, like immediately with social media and, and the internet that everybody has gotten so fucking paranoid about everything that it's, I don't want to let my kids fucking go outside and drink from the garden hose and come home when the fucking streetlights come on. You know, now I got to be watching them and making sure that the fucking dude across the street isn't fucking creeping on my daughter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if he is, I'm going to fucking kill him. <laughs> exactly, dude. Like, it's just like, it, kids are bad. I mean, other than like, you know, like showing them. It's not, it's not the same. Like, it was just better. Right. Like, I'm so sorry that you guys have to grow up with this bullshit, but it fucking sucks. It's not the way it's. So. So I know you're the podcast host, but let me ask you this. Do you know what you were doing on 9-11 when it happened? I was driving to work. Um, I was, uh, <laughs> what was I? I was working at a mall in Howard Stern on the way to work. I got the news from Howard Stern on, you know, like, I, Damn. Was, like, what? I was like, what? Like, you know, pulled over. To work, everyone was huddled by the TV, and we just watched that second plane fucking go in in live. Like, what the fuck? That's insane. But, yeah, dude. I mean, like, and to me, like, you know, that went in right as we graduated. Like, what the fuck was that like? You know, already being in the military and like thinking, like, oh shit, right? this is fucking Pearl Harbor all right. over again. Yep. So I was in the process of flying home on leave. Um, I took a week of leave. It was day one, and I was flying home. My plane hadn't landed, and we were flying into Atlanta. Obviously, I'm flying to North Dakota from Herbert Field, Florida. Um, We were flying into Atlanta. We hadn't landed yet, and the pilot came over the the intercom and was like, hey, we got some, some bad news. Everybody's flights in Atlanta are canceled. And once we hit the ground, we'll explain why. And once they hit the ground, everybody found out about it and everybody was huddled around TVs for, you know, there was no walking room period because none of the planes were taken off. So everybody was just basically watching TV. And that's when we saw the second plane hit. Um, but I was, I was in a Navy lodging navy lodging facility for about a week because they grounded every single flight finally i got one like hey they called me and they said hey your your flight to north dakota is still good come back we got you a seat on this plane i got on the plane flew to north dakota i spent a day with my parents and my family and I got a phone call from my supervisor at my mom's house. And he goes, hey, go to the nearest base and go to the command post. So the luxury of the command post, that was like the only good thing. He goes, um, they know you're coming. Pick up the classified phone and call me secure. So that way I can explain to you what the fuck's happening. I was like, what's going on? He's like, I can't tell you right now. So Jeez, I, went to, I went to fucking base called him from the command post at base in North Dakota down to Florida. And he was like, uh, you need to get back on the plane. Your next flight back here is like in four hours. So you're on that one. And once you get here, you're deploying. 
And that's what it was. It was boom, 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 boom. I said, what the fuck is happening? What's going on? I'm still young as shit. You know what I mean? I don't know what the fuck's going on. But yeah, it was was interesting. And you know, talk about the beginning of a war to the end of a war or a conflict, whatever you want to call it. Um, There were times when the first like one or two deployments that I went on, we basically got off the same aircraft where everything that was supposed to set up a base, all of that equipment was on that, on that aircraft. So when we got off the plane, we unloaded concertina wire and set up a perimeter and everything else like that. It was fucking nuts. Yeah. So yeah, definitely interesting being in for sure. Um, a historical event. I thought it'd probably be 9/11. Yeah, like I feel like the so planet I, would I be a just, different I was, place. I was thinking about this the other day. We have two historical events that we will talk to our our great great grandkids about. 9/11 is the obvious one, and then. COVID, which doesn't sound like it should be a historical event, but it's a historical event because it changed basically the course of history. Yeah, for the worst. You know what I mean? For the for the worst, a hundred percent. But we have two of them. Yeah, that's it's weird, for sure. Yeah. And it, I it mean, just when you think about it, like our generation really went through a lot of sh- bullshit. <laughs> Right, <laughs> right. I mean, like well, we got, we got the internet, we got cell phones, we got nine eleven, we got COVID, we got fucking social media, fucking all that crap. <laughs> after Super, after Super Nintendo, everything went downhill. <laughs> everything went downhill. After nineteen ninety one, was 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 the this what was it the Nintendo sixty four? Was that before or after Super Nintendo? Oh, it was way after. 64 came out in 96. We were in high school when 64 came out. So anything after the 64 was downhill. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say Super Nintendo because I fucking, I I got a Super or a 64 and I was in love with that thing. I still have it actually. It's in I a box somewhere. I still have mine too. <laughs> I told my wife, I was like, we need to get some, I need to go online and buy some cords to hook this thing up to our fucking new smart TV. Um, because I want to hook it up and play it. She's like, what the fuck is that? You'll, you'll start a fire, dude. You need, you need an old TV. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. If, if I can play for like 10 minutes, I'm fine with starting a fire. Yeah. My, my floors are tile, so it's not going to catch a whole lot on fire except for the video game. Hey, so, okay. So that you, you brought, you said, you just said something that gave me, um, a good question. So you're sitting in your chair, you're old and fucking dirty. You're an old grandpa. And you got to tell your great grandkids one story from your time in the military. What's that story? Oh my god. <sighs> um. So, I would probably tell them something about what happened to me, or what I did in training going through SEER school. Um. I'm not the type to bring up any deployments or anything of that nature because uh, that's just who I am. I don't want to brag or gloat or anything else like that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But if the question gets asked, the question gets asked. So if it's up to me to pick a story, it would probably be 
talking about like the gross things I've eaten in in Syria. Yeah, don't you guys have to fucking catch a rabbit and eat it? Uh so you're taught how to put out snares and what the importance of a snare is and everything else like that is passive hunting versus active hunting. If it's passive hunting, I don't have to be there doing it. I can be doing something else. So it's, it's a good thing. So we put out snares and if you catch whatever, whether it be a rabbit, a squirrel, a a rat, a fucking bird, you got to eat it. Yeah. Um, but we also, are given rabbits each time we go out to the woods just to ensure that we have enough food. We have enough calories because you might not be able to snare something because obviously it's AETC. You're still bound by the military has to make sure that you're taken care of and you're not going to die. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, But there's other things like eat this or you don't pass the day. You get a failing grade for the day. You're like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, it doesn't matter what it is. Just eat it. You're like, oh, my God. I've eaten nuts and berries out of bear poop. Uh, You know, a bear bear's digestive system doesn't necessarily process everything. So when it shits it out, there's still leftover nuts and berries. And you pick them up and wash them off as best you can. And that's calories for you. And you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Or... In the coast tropics phase, you're out in um, the Oregon coast in the Olympic Peninsula, and you're looking for anything and everything. And you're like, all right, cool. Well, I could eat that or I couldn't eat that. So they're like, well, do you know what a food aversion is? Yep, I know what a food aversion is. All right, cool. Well, you got to get over your food aversions because if you can't eat to maintain life, then you're going to die. So as long as you can get over your food aversions, you're good. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, how do we do that? And they, they say the instructors are like, well, in order to get over your food aversion, you have to eat a banana slug. So banana slug is anywhere from three to six inches long. It looks like a fucking hot dog, but it's yellow. It looks Mm. like a banana Mm. and it's a slug, right? Um, so there's no nutritional value in eating a slug, banana slug, even at that. But if you can get over eating one, like you can get over the process of eating it. You're not going to throw up anything else like that. You can get over your food aversions and you should be able to put calories in your body. So it's not going to kill you, but it's not really going to do anything for you either. Um, every seer guy's eaten one to five banana slugs depending on in their life depending on what what's happening in their course of going through training um i've seen uh guys in my group eat a banana slug and you know how a slug sticks to the side of like a wall or the ceiling you're like how the fuck is it doing that it's got slime right so basically it's got pus pockets in inside of the banana slug well if you get a four inch five inch six inch banana slug and you put that thing in your mouth and chew it up you can actually feel those pockets explode in your mouth like fucking lion king yeah right just um well one of the guys that we were with he ate one he tried to swallow it he felt the the like the mucus sacs explode in his mouth and he and he threw up but the throw up hung like 
eight inches out of his mouth because it was coated in the slime Fuck. and it didn't hit the ground. It was it was uh, some impressive weird shit all all at the same time. Yeah. So I think just grossing out my grandkids or great grandkids on the weird shit that I've eaten over time throughout Seer um, would probably be the story that I would tell somebody. Oh yeah, that would you know what? And that kind of <laughs> shit, that kind of shit would go over well with little kids. Little right? Kids want to hear that kind of shit. Yeah. Like I, I wanna, I wanna go up to my my grandkids. They're sitting on the the dock fishing. They're what, 10, 12 years old. They're they got their little vat of mealworms or whatever like that. And you walk up to them and be like, hey, how's fishing going? They're like, we haven't caught anything. Well, what are you what are you using to fish with? And they're like, oh, these mealworms. And I grab two or three of them eat them down because i've done it before not a big deal and they're like <laughs> what the fuck was that and they're like well the mealworms are good you know what i mean <laughs> i think i think that would be fun that's yeah. the type of grandpa i want to be <laughs> yeah hell yeah dude same 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 and they're like you know like we're gonna be look we're gonna be looked upon as being especially old like you were born in the 1980s <laughs> yeah right like yeah that's right motherfucker right dude we're already 40 years old Jesus Christ. I know, dude. So much shit is fuck. And I don't I don't feel like I'm old, but I have a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old and they both tell me on a daily basis, "Dad, you're old as shit." All right, fine. I guess I'm old. Oh yeah. My inner <laughs> monologue is still 12. It's just my body keeps getting older for some reason. Right? I want to go do the dumb shit that I did when I was 22, but my body says uh, no, you can't, or you're going to hurt for another week. Oh, dude. Yo, I can sit Indian style for maybe 15 seconds. Then I got to get up. <laughs> your back goes numb. Your legs go numb. Yeah. Yeah. No, everything starts to tingle. I'm fucking right there with you, dude. Yeah. So, um, before we get out of here, we're going to go to, um, my bonus round. So I'm going to fire off some questions for you and answer these to the best of your ability, sir. Okay. Okay. Favorite candy bar? Oh, fucking Heath bar. Because I like caramel. Okay, okay. If you could be immortal, would you? Yes, I think so. Hell yeah. I think, it'd be kind of, dude. I think it'd be kind of cool to, to see where we go and what we do and what the fucking, like, oh, we're going to do this thing to save the environment, but does it pan out or does it not pan out? Do we fuck shit up or do we not fuck shit up? You know? Yeah. I'd like to be around just to be like, I told you so. (laughs) That that too. That too. And then, but if you're immortal as well, you need to be able to make yourself like almost of a celebrity because if you're an unknown immortal, nobody's going to believe you or anything else like that. So you got to be able to, ensure that people will understand what the fuck you're saying we've already done that 150 200 300 years ago 500 years ago whatever it may be um and that's not gonna work you know what i mean yeah yeah so yeah i think i would be i think i would be too name a food you can't live without dude that's that's a tough one um they banana slug (laughs) not a (laughs) banana not a fucking banana slug um, I am huge on Thai food. Like, I think I eat Thai food two or three times a week. 
Okay. I'm the same way with anything wrapped in the tortilla. Like I have to have like, the tortilla tortillas in my house. So like I would say pizza or, or tacos, but I feel like that's cliche because pizza and tacos are, are fantastic, but everybody's going to say pizza and taco. Um, but really, I, I could eat pizza every single day. I could eat tacos every single day. I could eat foreign food every single day. I mean, like, my, one of my major things is peanut butter. Like, I have to have peanut butter. Like, <laughs> okay. If I, dude, if I woke up tomorrow and I was allergic to peanut butter, dude, it'd be, we'd have a real situation on our hands. Damn. I haven't thought about it down to, like, an actual, like, one-ingredient food. I've thought about it, like, I think, I think, like, Korean food or Thai food are, like, my favorite go-to meals. Yeah. No, I, I do love Korean food. Okay. Um, what was your favorite toy growing up? Tonka trucks. Tonka trucks? Okay. Tonka trucks. Yeah, you were really aging this in this fucking episode, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these kids <laughs> listening to this fucking episode, I'm like, what the fuck is a Tonka truck? What the fuck is it? The all metal Tonka trucks, too, not the yeah. fucking plastic ones. The ones where your little brother throws at you and you fucking, you know, you it, get split yeah, open. You're, you're bleeding for a couple weeks. Yeah, you leave it out in the rain for a few weeks. It's fucking rusty <laughs> and brown. It up. Yep, for yeah. sure. Okay, last one. Name a conspiracy theory you personally believe. Oh, fuck. You know, I was thinking about it. So I'm, I don't necessarily believe it, but I'm starting to because of everything that I've read. But birds are drones. You heard that conspiracy theory? That birds no. are drones? Like birds from outside. Yeah, birds are drones. Like, you don't see... Like, nature's drones? Like, no, like, the government has created birds to, to be drones. I was like, okay, cool, that's, like... But Bro. then they say, well, how do they charge these drones? You always see birds sitting on power wires, and that's how they charge them. Holy um, shit, dude. And then, and then on top of that, like, you never see, like, baby pigeons. You see grown-ass pigeons and you see grown-ass seagulls but you never see the babies we got to stop this conversation bro you're gonna maybe go down this fucking rabbit hole about birds right? now dude right i've so, never heard this before this is the first I, time i'm ever hearing this i and and a lot a lot of the things that i've read said that when covid happened it gave them time to upgrade the birds to have better what tech the in them fuck? You know what I mean? everybody's locked inside so now we can fucking take the drones down and fucking put new tech in them now I'm trying to think like, well, the whole time COVID was on, I never got sick. No, no one in my house got sick. So I'm like, now I wish I could fucking remember going back in time. Like, okay, were there birds out front of my house? <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck, dude. <laughs> do I do I agree with it? No, but am I starting to? Yeah, probably. Is everyone listening to this starting to fucking believe it? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> Are they? Am gonna I going to name this research? episode "Birds"? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> wow okay fuck dude right well let's let's end this here because i gotta go in my house now and get on my fucking laptop and search up birds do that do that you'll be pleasantly surprised for sure you fucking maniac <laughs> well i appreciate you having me on i really really do it was fun it was good yeah, to dude. catch up and and talk to uh like-minded folk for sure yeah man um whenever you want to come to north dakota my house is open well, I well, I come to North Dakota all the time. 
So when I'm in North Dakota, I will just hit you up and then I will make a trip to Minot, which yeah, typically dude. most people don't say that they're going to go to Minot, but I will make a trip to Minot just to come see you. All right, bro. All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Peace. Take care. Bye. Later, man. Veterans with Benefits is 100% organic and cruelty-free. The show is produced by Low Cash Productions, written and directed by Roland Spurbeck. If you or anyone you know is in crisis, please call the Veteran Crisis Line at 855-521-1317.